I realized I don't like doing operations as much as I thought I did. Because I don't want to deal with like toilets not working. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done with that. Like at some point, I'm like, I don't want to like do that. But also, I think it in the early years, it's important to know those things because you learn some major truths in life. Like you learn that having free food is great for Google, but it's not a good idea for, <laughs> for a regular startup. People eat all the Maggie all the time. Today on No Sugar Coat, I'm talking to Varun Dugirala about his journey from a small town in coastal Andhra Pradesh in a family of doctors and engineers to becoming co-founder and content chief of the country's leading creative agency, Glitch. But it was during the 2009 recession that he decided to quit his job and start his own company. He also hosts the popular podcast, Advertising is Dead. So, as a person that juggles so many things, I want to find out from Varun, who wins in the battle between our personal and professional life. Hi, Varun. Thank you so much for being here in the flesh. I actually started reading all your newsletters. Hmm. I already listened to your, your podcast and I read all your newsletters. And there was one in which you said that when you look back at the 11 years, you just feel that the amount of things that you thought you knew hmm. versus what you claimed you knew. And you were just winging it all along. Yeah. Can you take me through what this winging along has been for you? I'm always winging it along. Right? <laughs> I, I realize that through life that I've just winged my way through it. Is At most times, say, okay, I know something. I know surface level. Um, and then kind of go and try to get your hands dirty. That's literally the only way I've learned stuff. But um, if I can even go back, right? I didn't know what, let's say, the production side or the media side even had. I literally keep landed up in Bombay long back. And I haven't told the story ever. Is that my mom got me here. I thought of engineering college because I was terrible at that. And said, you want to work in this space? And I didn't know where to go. So what I now realize is four bungalows in Nandheri in Bombay. For me, felt like, oh, this is really crowded Bombay, right? I hadn't even like ventured out of that. How old were you then? I must have been like, what, 22, 23? Okay. But I'd never been out of Bangalore. And for me, Bombay was a very different animal from Bangalore. And so I roamed around. I went to some random institutes. didn't make sense. You know, went back to Bangalore. But I remember even then, I was just trying to figure out what this required. And I, I did random internships in in Hyderabad. I've done all that. And, and over time, I realized that most of it was, uh, there was a lot of faff. And there was a bit of work. My professor in, in Pune told me this. He said, in, you'll go to this industry and, and you'll learn that most people talk about having, that they know a lot of stuff, but they don't know as much. So I took that to heart. And I, I feel time, like that's life in general. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? And because, you know, even when you're going and talking to students or even when you're like, you're starting off work, you're just trying to say, okay, I know something and maybe I can do the other stuff. And that's how I kind of go in. And whenever I talk to students, that's what I tell them. I'm like, you don't have to know everything. Right? Most yeah. of them are like getting out and saying, I really want to do this. So what I'm trying to do through the newsletter, through all the stuff I talk about is that this isn't rocket science. You are not, you're not a doctor. So there you need to know everything, right? You can't not like know what you're doing there. But here you can figure it out as, as you go along. And in most cases, like, like I've been in a meeting where I didn't know how a website was made. And I would message Rohit before that. And I would be like, Tell me five words that I have to use, right? <laughs> and you'd say, say HTML and say something, you know, some four or five words you had given me. And because he was running late for the meeting, I spent 20 minutes and I just used those four words and I faffed my way through it and he came in and he took over and we did the website. So, so it's not like... So Rohit is your co-founder. Rohit's my co-founder. And can you tell me about, you know, Glitch is the company that you guys run together. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So Glitch actually was a bit of a, again, was another winging it scenario, right? Both of us were classmates in Pune in Symbiosis. We did our mass comm together. Landed up in Bombay, stayed in a friend's apartment in Ghatkopar. 
I was interning initially and then working at MTV and he worked at Channel V. I eventually moved to Channel V as well. There was a point of time when Channel V said they're not going to play music anymore. And we were like, wasn't that the point of this of this whole thing, a whole exercise? And we're like, okay, where's the fun stuff happening? Because they were going youth, general entertainment channel. They were going to do like fiction shows and we didn't want to do that. So he said, I think I'm just going to quit and I'm, I'm going to do something on my own. I said, okay, I'll quit too. Let's just figure, let's do this together because we were roommates anyway. We spent six months trying to figure out the name of what we were going to start. And then at the end of it, when we figured the name, we had one month left because we'd already quit to actually figure out what you would do. Um, so you had no idea what you were going to do. You knew it was going to be a media company. You knew we said, let's go out and see what we can do in digital. That is literally what we knew. right? And, and this is what, 11 years ago? I mean, Yeah, this is 2009, right? And we were like, uh, okay, we have enough money for a couple of months. Worst case, we'll go look for a job, right? And this is post-recession India. Yeah. And most of our bosses told us, you guys are like making a mistake. And, and many times when we were asked on more official forums as to why is it called glitch, we are like, no, everyone told us it was a mistake. And so we called it glitch and... What the is theory. the real reason? <laughs> what is the true so story? So we had a friend. The initial name was Jayviru and Company. Yeah. Because we had that photograph. We basically had that, found that bike once on a shoot and we took a photo. Oh, this is what the logo is going to be. Very like pretentious uh, in hindsight. But uh, we had a friend who, if you do more technical video terms, felt like he was shot on 24 frames per second, but rendered at 25 frames per second. So he had a bit of a, a twitch when he would talk. And then someone, when we were just sitting around and someone said, this is a glitch. And just that name stuck in both our heads because we were sitting there, we all laughed at it, but we just literally like stuck in our heads. And this is a great name. It just gave, it, it made people curious as to what it was. And that's how that happened. But we didn't know what we were going to do. So we literally came out. We had one project for some shoot for Bindas. We somehow did that and we thought we had a lot of money saved up. After the day, the first day of shoot, we had about 500 bucks between the both of us. and <laughs> We had nothing. And uh, when the shoot got over, uh, we went out for a drink and we didn't have money to pay for the bill. And luckily our DOP paid the bill that day because we were like, okay, we got to figure some way to pay for this. And because days pre-credit cards as well. But then we slowly started getting work in, right? We, we literally realized that, okay, you need to do something to sustain. So we would do like promos for Disney DVDs, edit Princess and the Frog DVD. How big was the team then? Uh, two of us out of our apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and and you were just getting all this work just because people knew you or yeah we just okay. had through contacts right? we literally said okay we worked in Channel V so somebody who worked in Channel V or in MTV who was at Disney who was in Bindas we would just okay can you give us any work to do and they're like oh, these two young boys wearing shorts and and coming asking us for work let's give them some work and I remember when we hired our first employee as well actually our first intern was someone who wrote in to us and said can I come intern with you guys we're like okay come Poor guy came to our apartment. I see two guys walking around in their boxers in the morning. And so like, what kind of he's business like, is this? Yeah, where is the office? I'm like, this is the living room. This is where we work. Yeah. You want to sleep? You can sleep on this couch. And 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 he's actually, he was our first, he became our first employee. Still works with us. Although he's on his second or third stint because he quit, came back, quit, came back. We, we say that as glitch, we have batches <laughs> and people who are recurring batches, people come back to yeah. college kind of a scenario. But it's it's been interesting from that context, right? From then to now, like what? Close to 400 people, two offices, I mean, whatever we can call off. I think we have 400 offices now considering how we work. Yeah. But um, it's been interesting to see how that evolved. And over time, it's always been winging it and always figuring out what was happening, what we could do in it. And we figured it along as we went ahead. But tell me one thing, because, you know, you didn't have like sort of this management background. You didn't have an entrepreneurial background. Managing teams and managing people is hard. Hmm. 
and i think for me that like i also started looking 23 i think yeah. for me the hardest part was understanding structure understanding yeah. how people work what is one thing that you know now about teams and leadership that you didn't know when you started um and i thought it was such a large part of my my job when somebody asks me what is an entrepreneur's job i'm like your job is hr admin and finance right maybe operations and it's not necessarily what you actually yeah. do but and i thought hr was such a strong part of it i actually had a better knack of doing it because i'd worked in reality tv i'd worked in production hardcore so i knew how to handle people yeah my first job as an intern was to preprod for roadies so i had seen the worst of the kind of characters you would see so i would use many of those learnings of working on in large crews and what would make people work with each other to kind of at least manage people initially but i mean we didn't really know we just we just did what we thought was right so if somebody had like somebody had a breakup right we'd say okay take a day off uh, <laughs> because you were like you know that seems like the right thing to do you know do you have an hr manager and policy <laughs> yes we do have that now yeah so i mean in hindsight maybe that was our mental health day <laughs> for sure yeah and, and we just we you know we never looked at diversity right? who's the right person to hire this person seems like they can do this job let's hire them in most of our initial hires were either we hired one person and they they got two more people in or somebody just kind of said okay there's someone here who might enjoy working with you I'll just come in so as we moved offices as we found spaces to kind of um, you know do uh, do what we did we slowly collected this set of people who were an interesting bunch right then they kind of started taking a lot more onus on things and and actually after the first 4 5 years is when we actually got a lot more structured thankfully we had people who came in who had experience so like yeah. pooja came in and we needed someone to really handle business because we were just having a lot of fun yeah right it's not like we weren't making money but we were sustaining we would have our ups and downs but our primary focus is what kind of work can we do that's really innovative that's really interesting she kind of came in and put structure around what we did because she came in to lead our entire business vertical but at some point we said okay one second we've never had a ceo because rohit and i very consciously said we will not have a ceo when we started because we'll get two people if you say ceo and, C- and cco that's quite this thing so we called ourselves left brain and right brain <laughs> which also became a conversation starter most times with clients so so she technically is our first ceo and, and so that's because we always felt that we need to find the right person for the job like i'm a terrible ceo if i would have been and so pooja comes in hmm. and pooja is now your wife how was that transition of getting somebody from the outside you know two friends who started a company now you have this third person who's come in what was you know was that easy to do cuz and i am coming from like a personal experience because at least for me i've always been alone mm. and 3 uh, years ago i had to kind of hire for other roles and i had to give up a lot of the control yeah. and i was excited because i was like this is stuff i don't like to do <laughs> this is great that's the best part <laughs> you know it's the best part someone will you know people are like you never give up control and i said i love being in the kitchen mm. if somebody can come and do this work for me i'd rather just be there what was it like for you guys so one of the first things which i feel like even before pooja coming in we realized very early on that like finance was a thing right we never thought finance would be such a big thing and we realized very early on so we we generally had very junior people running most of these things right finance and operations and stuff i remember the first senior person we got in was someone called javed and we call him javed bhai uh, because he was this person we knew from channel v who handled our entire vendors and production and operations and he kind of came in and he said i'll take care of this right so there was trust there with pooja what was interesting was we were already married so we had just gotten married and she was looking to move from her role at uh, femina wait so how do you guys meet so pooja and i met in a marketing conference uh, yeah, the, the long story short we were in this youth marketing forum for mtv and um, chetan bhagat was speaking 
he wasn't necessarily exciting to listen to at that point of time and i, I keep getting calls i kept moving around and and i'd met pooja earlier in a friends party literally for like 2 minutes so i recognized her but i didn't necessarily like couldn't place her and neither could she and so we just had a chat and she gave me her card and i was shameless enough to ask her out like 10 minutes later on, over the phone and that's literally how it happened like we just we dated very very brief dating period like i think we dated for a couple of months like 2 months what and, and that's <laughs> we met in at the end of march or end of march or early april yeah we were married by uh, as in we were registered married by august that's uh, crazy because we kind of knew it like at, yeah. by july we kind of knew this is where it was and we we were quite happy with that i think the clincher for her was so pooja's and and obviously now um, my dog trip who's our eldest son as we call him trip's very uh, protective of pooja right for him like he's her shadow what breed is he um he's a shih tzu and he took to me like nothing like he so he, he decided he this decided, is it okay this is it let's go with this one i think is what he is he chose and, and that's how that happened and i mean pooja kind of came on as a let's we actually had a lot to discuss because we did it in two parts one is that i wasn't the person taking the call about her joining the company rohit and roshan who had invested in the company but then were two other people in leadership so okay you guys take the call on getting her in everything else i shouldn't be involved in that but more so as a family both of us sat down and said how are we going to split up work and life right because that yeah. is important and and the good part with us is we know how to compartmentalize at least rather she does i'm terrible but i also realize that there's a way to kind of keep them separate and and thank- what is this way please explain because <laughs> <laughs> I, cuz i didn't think it was possible you know yeah. at some point you know things do overlap unless you're very clear about this is your role this is mine and, yeah. you know so what has worked for you guys so the good part is the three of us handled very uh, me rohit and pooja handled very different sides of the business right in the early years we would categorize it as saying so pooja was food hall rohit is nature's basket <laughs> and i'm kirana store right so <laughs> that is the differentiation in what we would handle because i would look at operations admin finance and and i would deal with vendors and all that stuff right and and, and then rohit would look after creative and and he and pooja together actually collab a lot more on strat etc so my world is very different yeah in many ways it still is because i still look at content and production entirely whereas they focus on the larger agency business right so so there is separation there and but we made sure that the three of us were a core leadership team that you would take decisions together we'd also give each other freedom on in our own areas to kind of take calls and it was a process but i i feel it worked because we were always open and honest with each other and um, pooja also kind of knew how to manage both of us i i feel that she understood that we both had our own quirks and how she could as because she had managerial experience pooja such as great i mean what can i tell you we're just we're just, we're just amazing that is true <laughs> So I actually want to ask you about your podcast now. Hmm. And 100 episodes done. Yeah. 107 100? or no 107. 107. Okay. You took a break after the 100th one. Yes, I did. Okay. So tell tell us a little bit about Advertising is Dead and what made you start it. I never thought I'll start a podcast because I never listened to podcasts. Let me be honest, right? I was also like because Thanks. I, I tell you why. <laughs> the mistake was i listened to audiobooks first before i listened to podcasts i'm mm. like oh, this is like i might as well read a book right the first podcast i listened to was work life by adam grant and i really liked yeah. that so that was okay let's wait for next season didn't go ahead this happened because it was very random i went to be a guest on somebody else's pilot kartik nagarajan who hosts the filter coffee podcast asked me if i can come on his pilot because the pilot will never be used and i went on that and and then i met the guys at ivm and they said okay we, i went as a guest for another podcast which was being live recorded in dulali and so post the recording we were having a beer and they said do you want to do a podcast and, and at that time there was no ad marketing podcast 
And I said, I don't really know that space, right? Because kind of was an outsider who came in, didn't necessarily know legacy, you know, or if you, if you name 10 great admin, I might know like one or two at that point of time. Now I know a little bit more, but so I was like, maybe I can take that perspective. And that's how it started off. Glitch is primarily the, the main business. Mm. Like you told me the other day, <laughs> you yeah. have to remember that, that's, job, yeah. that you have a day job. And uh, the podcast is second. Now you also write your newsletter. Yeah. What is it that drives you to do all these different things? I feel that the podcast brought something back in me, which I kind of like kept hidden for a while is that um, I have this theory about the creator animal and the career animal, which I keep talking about is that we all have those two animals within us and we focus on our careers. And sometimes I got into this space because I like to get my hands dirty and actually create stuff. And at some point I'd stop doing that. It lets me do it. So, and I'm an over in two cutlet. So I will, okay, let's do a podcast. Let's maybe make a YouTube video. I want to start a YouTube channel, right? I've really been wanting to start one. What um, would it be about? I'd maybe take stuff out of, so <laughs> when I first thought about doing YouTube channel, I was like, can I do what Gary V does? And then I was like, I, maybe I don't want to do what Gary V does, right? So that went away quickly. I'm generally obsessive about learning a lot of things. And I was like, all the stuff that I want to learn, if I could kind of put that into content, put out there, then more people could learn from it. So I've spent the last year trying to understand stoicism, right? It's been one of my focus areas to learn. I could do it on how to brew coffee the other day. And also like there's smaller things, there's smaller nuances you learn and smaller theories that you learn, you can kind of put out there. So not necessarily self-help, but I think there are things that help you look at life a little uh, simpler. Like I switched off email notifications f for the last two years. Yeah. No, one, no one's complained. <laughs> but that's still answered emails, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. that, but it just gives you so much. Like, so sometimes there's these small things, but I feel that you need to figure a way to put it out there. So the newsletter was more, okay, can I write? But now it's about, can I actually make video? It's, yeah. it's where I'm kind of looking at. You also, in one of your newsletters, wrote about imposter syndrome. Mm. I feel that a lot too. Can you explain what you meant when you said, when you spoke about that? I, I'll give a couple of examples. People say, oh, you're this, because I've been a part of building an agency that has obviously been able to do really well and do some great work. Whenever someone says you're an advertising guru, I'm like, no, I'm not, right? Because I don't know as much about the craft. So many times when those things get thrown at me, I feel like, I feel like I'm an imposter because I'm like, okay, I'm not necessarily that. And many times people say it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly that. What I also feel many times is the fact that you are building a certain level of pretense that comes into it and it, it sticks in your head. People might not see it as pretense, but you question yourself, right? You question, okay, am I the right person to do this? Or should I even be like focusing on it? And, and there is always doubt. And I think doubt is a good thing, but if you let it take over and if you let that be your voice inside you, then you kind of go into that a lot. And I feel that we all suffer from it in different ways, but I don't think it ever goes away. Just but how to... have you learned to deal with it? My process is generally that I let it seep in. And uh, Pooja says it best. is like, I'm going to let you go through your process because I will go, oh, I can't do this. Why am I, wa am I wasting my time near this thing? What is the point of all of this? And she'll go through this. We'll talk in a couple <laughs> of days. And I go through that cycle. Yeah. Um, but I generally, I think you need to let it pass. I, I feel that procrastination helps me because I procrastinate over it long enough and I'm like, fair enough, I've gotten it out of me. Like I, Because then I didn't put it on paper and I started doing this one thing which, like I remember at some point doing the podcast, I'm like, why am I still doing the podcast, right? And what should I really do? And I put down saying, why did I start this in the first place? What do I love doing about it? What do I hate doing around it? 
and what more do i want to do and as long as i answered those four questions and i looked at those points there it somehow made sense and i and i realized that writing stuff down really helps i started journaling today oh wow first day of journaling um i started today and i said okay let me try this one out but it's just that you need to be able to have a conversation with yourself and that's the only way you'll get past it but it's fine to have self doubt i think it's a i rather have self doubt and and have imposter syndrome than than be seem pompous and like yeah i mean that i i think i think so too i i still remember when i came back from university and i started low 15 someone came to me when i was 24 and told me we want to hire you as a consultant to set up a kitchen mm. and i was like i know nothing <laughs> like why are you asking me this question <laughs> like i look at it today and i'm like oh i could have done it you know cuz i yeah. i knew i knew everything that i did it for myself yeah. but at that point i was just like these people are mad Yeah. Like why have they come to me? This is not this is not okay. Like today morning, I was the chief guest for the graduation of a batch, which is online. But I was like, I was drunk in my grad, I hungover <laughs> in my graduation, right? I went on to stage unshaven, my hair was all over the place. I wore my tie inside my shirt, <laughs> and uh, Arnab Goswami gave me my diploma. I just remembered, Ooh. but yeah. So I went. I danced on stage. I had the robe on, and and I'm like. Am I the person to really tell these kids how to look What at it? What did you tell them? I told them that the biggest resource that they get out of college, which I strongly believe, is the is is the people there um, who are their batchmates. I still hang out with that bunch. That's my closest set of friends, right? I still hang out with them. My boys' night is still with those same bunch of guys I've been drinking with since we were all in college in Pune. Rohit and I met in that way, right? I've had friends who from there who helped me out when we needed something as glitch. who we tried to help out whenever we could i think that network i mean that's what you get out of it i, I think colleges give you that they give you that set of people you come out with you all start off on a level playing ground so i said everything else is there i mean but that's what you should always remember is your biggest strength what is one thing that you like you know i have this thing that i ask people saying never again hmm. so what is the one thing that you would never do again i never take on managing finance again <laughs> um, not not because I I because I did for many years I did many many years of just because we never had a finance set we had like at best junior people we scraped through it, but I, I feel that I was the wrong person I'm terrible with numbers and we still managed to scrape through and in hindsight I'm like I was a terrible choice to do that Rohit knew numbers better than I did but he was <laughs> handling the creative business right? like I can't pull him into this but um, yeah I never do that because I feel like there's some things you I'm a believer that you can learn most things yeah. Some things you can't learn. Like I can't learn numbers. I cannot learn math. I'm I'm the worst person. So I feel that I I mean I feel that a lot as well. And the thing for me is that I got really burnt. Like I got mm. I mean people have stolen money from me and yeah. all that has happened. My you know signature has been forged mm. and I've gone through that whole process. And I'm just you know today when I look back at it, I'm like. Yeah, it's you know what was I thinking? Yeah. Like why? And when you know better, suddenly you're like you look back at it and you're like. Oof, yeah. Yeah, I feel that we try to take on things which we know we don't necessarily like or that we are qualified to do, just because many times we want to prove that we can. And I have this theory of of a plate, right? We all have a plate, and we can only fill it up with so many things. In many cases, there are things we fill it up with which don't make you happy, don't make you satisfied. It's like having a very bad but overstuffed meal. And um, I was going to name a random restaurant, <laughs> but I stopped myself from doing. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name a restaurant <laughs> which I don't really like. Okay, I'll not go there. Um, but it is that. But only when you take stuff off that plate, 
can you add more stuff into it? And I've strongly over the last, I, I think post our acquisition, when we got acquired, it's been what, it's our fourth year now since we got acquired. I've actually learned to let go of a lot of stuff I was doing, which wasn't necessarily making me happy, but I kind of felt like it was my responsibility to really do Correct. those things, right? Like, I realized I don't like doing operations as much as I thought I did. Or I, I, I hate it. Absolutely. Because I don't want to deal with like, yeah. toilets not working. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done with that. Like, at some point, I'm like, I don't want to like do that. But also, I think it in the early years, it's important to know those things because you learn some major truths in life. Yeah. Like, you learn that in, in that having free food is great for Google, but it's not a good idea for for a regular startup. People ate all the Maggie all the time in the early years. They're like, oh, let's go with an hour. Like, okay, we this cool office, so we'll have like free Maggie. Everybody's lunch used to be Maggie, right? So every day I'm like, what is this Russian bill we're getting, right? And so, yeah, so you learn those things and I think it helps, but yeah. I, I think going back to that Maggie point, I think a, a very important lesson for me as well was when I started small hmm. and you're a small team and, you know, you come, like I was like, oh, we're going to do this and every Friday somebody's going to cook and somebody, yeah. and you don't realize that when you scale, hmm. the, you know, the, these things yeah. are just not going to be possible. So that mindset of thinking now, every time I'm excited about something and I want to implement something, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, can you do this with 100 people, 200 people? If you can't, just like, Tone it down. Yeah. Take it, take it I out. I also think that good relationships at work don't necessarily mean that you have to be good friends. And that thankfully has been one thing. Because there are very few people who I, who I call like really good friends who I've worked with yeah. at Glitch. I've always kept, consciously kept a slight distance. Like I'm here to help you when true shit hits the fan. But I'm not necessarily going to ha go out and have like some tenderings with you or, or not like just hang out with you and stuff like that. So I, I always did made Has that. Has it always been like this or did you learn to become like this? Weirdly enough, I think from the beginning of Glitch, I've been like this, right? At some point, I kind of felt like one person needs to have that. Like Rohit's great. Rohit mm -hmm. hangs with them and he's like one of the people in Glitch who's, who's been uh, with us for a long time. She told me this once and she said that Rohit's that friend we can turn to, right? Varun is Papa. <laughs> Right. You know, Papa, we need Papa for certain things. That's when we go to Varun and Rohit will help us with the rest of the stuff. And I, I'm kind of happy I have that role because I feel that for many of them, they they can come to me with a question and kind of get advice and not worry about me having some baggage ever. And, and that's really helped me kind of learn how to work with different kinds of people. Because I like to keep my... I don't necessarily have to mix my friends with my work. I've actually had friends who worked for me, who joined the company and, and maybe left and kind of came back. That's fine for me. Does that work though? Because the one thing people tell you is don't work with your friends. It's tricky. I will not uh, say that it's always been the best thing for a friendship. But I feel what what you need to go in with is saying, and, and that's what I've always done. Right? Same thing, which, like me and Pooja spoke about this. We've I've had some of my closest friends work with us and leave in in various circumstances. And... We said that no matter what happens, we will not let this affect our friendship. In many cases, for some time it does. I'd say, you know, let's say you part ways and you have about a three to four month lull, right? But at some point, if you if you continue to be the same kind of people, which most of us are, we're still the same stupid bunch of people who end up meeting, then you're fine. I've had the odd case where you don't necessarily pick it up. And I think that happens, but you sometimes take those calls. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something. I've actually had uh, a situation at work where I had someone that I adored and mm. was the was such a great person, but was terrible at their job. Mm. And I was at that, you know, I was still very young. So I was like, but I love this person and this person is great. And she, you know, makes yeah. me so happy and is great at work. But then I was like, it's a 
terrible worker so yeah. you know like having that conversation and separating the two is i think for me was a big learning experience also which is also why i think the separation kind of helps right yeah. um i still tend to and i'm very bad at this i still tend to look at my friends and say okay this person be great to do this i have constantly been asked to stop doing that but i i still say that if there's an opportunity i should not turn not offer it to a friend as much as i would offer it to somebody else and and however things ends up, ends up and, and and i don't i've never stopped myself from doing that i control it a lot more thankfully uh, hasn't had too large i don't think i've had negative repercussions to a large extent but um, what also comes down to is that you like people for who they are not necessarily for how they work and some of the best people who do the best work at glitch aren't necessarily people who i would hang out with after work and that's fine i mean i think that's a that's a good thing right yeah. the one thing that i've really been working on is just my whole interviewing process yeah. and building this team going from you know really like three people to 100 back to 30 what's your interviewing process you i didn't have one it was very it was it was very no so so i i now have a leadership coach right mm. so the other day she is like i'm going to break this down for you pooja this is how you're going to do it <laughs> so the first thing she did like and we've been doing this over the last few months is that we we made like specific job descriptions for everyone mm. down to like what is this person going to be doing for every minute of the day so yeah. you break it down to you know 10 30 to 11 read check will check emails will yeah. follow up with stores will check stocking did all of that so it's like once you have clarity of what this person is going to do then you kind of you know you have like the main key responsibilities which are your non negotiables mm. and then you just you know when you're interviewing that person you first tackle those so for example yesterday i interviewed someone for client service management mm. and oral and written communications is the first you know and when you speak to someone everyone yeah. is great and everyone is fine and it was a zoom call so she's like take a minute make them write an email mm. to like an angry customer and i said like, oh i never thought of that yeah. so yeah so so now i have a process and for each step she's like check for this check for that check for that you always went by vibe no i was like instant are you great person so I, you know they, they, what happened but with that but that vibe was, has come to bite me so many times <laughs> it's, it's been... but my thing is that i i feel they've they've taken me away from hiring people for so many different parts of the company now um, thankfully we have an hr team so what was your biggest learning from 2020 for me the biggest learning from 2020 was um, I learned that my priorities were different than what I thought they were. I want to do a lot more things in life than work. And I feel I was so focused on work all these years like now I want to like like I do skating class with Leia twice a week right in, in the middle of the um day. And I now I look forward to it. It's, it's it's on my calendar now. I'll never shift that for anything. And I feel that I just want to categorize that. I want to make sure that you know we go to a beach and just like learn smaller things with uh, and i'm enjoying that process i'm also enjoying being at home i don't think i spent enough time at home and now you can't get me out of home and i'm like i want can we like like yeah. you got me out of home to record this podcast <laughs> but i was like i'm just like do i even have to like yeah. i still came in shorts because i'm like do i even need to yeah. get or like do i need to wear pants is my general question but i feel i've learned to prioritize that and I, and i'm slowly trying to look at saying okay what do i really whatever i really want to spend my time doing even at glitch right i realized that i used to get into a lot of things which didn't need me to get into them right and i'm also learning to say okay i will let go of these things you guys take care of that part pull me in when you need me to pull uh, to kind of come into it and that's helped me find that balance even on the creator side of things right i was trying to do too many things so for me 2021 at the start has all been about okay you did you tried a lot of stuff in 2020 um, you start, tried a lot of stuff for the last 10 years now let's bring some balance and give some time to breathe which i'm terrible at i'd never give myself time to breathe 
and um, just prioritize life a little bit more than work i think that has been the biggest lesson for all of us yeah. and this just taking things off your calendar is something that i've also had to learn really the hard way because you yeah. know initially it was just like pack your calendar with everything and now i'm like why is this there does this need me yeah. take it off take it off take it off you also wrote about this yeah the eisenhower matrix yeah. right and i and i saw that and it blew yeah. my mind i'm like i hadn't seen it before and i was like the fact that you look at something saying is it really important do you really need to do it now and and so before i go to the last question can you explain that to us real quickly so the eisenhower matrix is basically like if you take a box and you say okay when you put four quadrants into it right? it's saying you do it now um you do it almost like you schedule if i remember it right you delegate it or you delete it and in those you kind of categorize if it's urgent or if it's not urgent if it's um important or not important if i remember right i might forget it right now but but what i took from that was the fact that there are so many things you do like like i used to be this person who would always check his phone every 3 minutes right I'm like do i need to really look at my instagram every 1 minute do i need to reply to that email right now many times i might get a call when i'm doing something which reads my focus and do i need to take that call right now i can call the person back and and when i saw this and and while i don't use it verbatim as a matrix it made me look at stuff that okay what do i need to delete um uh, what do i need to prioritize and what's important for you to do right now and what can you schedule for later i think this whole scheduling for later is a lot nicer to do and really learn to write things down I think you leave him in head i'll remember this later and <laughs> he'll never remember it later and and so that's really made my mind even think about what i really want to do so my last question now hmm. maybe i might be cheating shan sorry <laughs> 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 okay if you had to write a letter to leia today hmm. that is your 3 and 1/2 year old daughter hmm. and you'd write a letter to her telling her three things about life that you've learned hmm. and giving her advice what would those three things be be nice uh <laughs> there is no harm in being nice that's the one thing i've stuck to it feels like a negative because you feel like people can take advantage of it the fact that you don't want to rub people the wrong way and all that stuff but being nice never hurts in the long run So always be nice. I'm just trying to think, right? I'm trying to word it right, but more than anything else, keep trying things. Life isn't like okay, you found one track and you'll only do that. You in life you'll do many different things. Keep trying different things, even if you're doing one thing, try different things within that one thing, and never really, never stick for one. Is how I've found uh, life. That's what makes life more dynamic, right? The third thing is that. learn to kind of take a pause from time to time i feel that's been my biggest learning i am this like i paused for way too long when i was younger i was this lukha in in my college years and late school years and then i overcompensated with work later on but um, learn to take a pause i mean it's a good thing to kind of sit down brew a cup of coffee before everybody wakes up and and look at the sunrise once in a while and i do that very often now and now my last question <laughs> <laughs> is what is the big dream or the big picture for you for yourself right now i feel like i'm at a bit of a crossroads in in where i'm at in my head I feel the big dream now is to kind of say that if i've been able to bring myself to a certain point where i do have a platform how do i kind of help younger people or kind of know stuff which which i wish i knew when i was their age and that's really been my ambition now and because i'm a true believer in legacy i feel that you know everything else kind of you goes off right i mean like if you make money you, you you die then money is there for somebody else right but legacy stays and i'm a strong believer in that and i think the only thing which means the most for me from legacy is that what am i kind of giving people from what i've been able to experience over the years that's really where i'm looking at I mean, anything which i do has to have some form of giving in terms of legacy 
there's so much you learn in life that we make learning about the technical stuff then i always like to talk about the random stuff the useless stuff and i feel that i mean hopefully we'll do useless university eventually but let's see thank you thank you so much is there something that i missed that you would like to add is there something that you no like to add that uh, leah wants to be a pastry chef eventually <laughs> and that uh, i'm putting this on on record that pooja has told me that she is going to be her um, mentor not the word. what's the what's the word uh, no she can come and be my intern yes she'll be your intern we will get uh, her ready yes. she has a wooden kitchen right now which you is know, she already has a kitchen that looks better than mine <laughs> so i'm sure she's she's going to be really good and a podcaster yes, too yes yes a podcaster yeah. too thank you so much for this conversation varun thank you thanks for having me That was Varun Dugirala in conversation with me, Pooja Dhingra, on No Sugar Coat. By the way, Lure 15 now delivers across India, so go get your sugar fix at lure15.com.